0: Hello and welcome back to Friendly Fire. Uh, and today's episode is a uh, is a special episode on the continuation of us following the Adam Johnson Matt Petgrave situation uh, that unfolded last week. Um, the The response that we received from that first video was so overwhelming and so, for the most part, so incredibly positive. And I just first and foremost want to thank all of you that have supported the channel and people who have come and you know expressed their opinions. Listen. I understand that my videos or the video that I put out not everybody enjoyed and i I would probably say ninety seven ninety eight percent of the people that watched it all agreed they appreciated the breakdown. I do understand there are some people who you know claim that they are also you know experts or things like that that could not have disagreed with me more um, and that's totally fine i, I I'm hundred percent okay with people having a different opinion on it i personally am just breaking the video down on how I see it. Now, what I wanted to do is I wanted to have an opportunity to sit down with somebody who has also been following this, who comes from a completely different perspective from the game as a fan, a lifelong fan um, versus someone who's been a lifelong player, having some of those questions and some of the things that we had in both of our comments section breaking down this video of people who did disagree with us and how we went through it and, and explain why we are coming up with the conclusion that we thought that the intent of Petgrave was to stick his leg out to make contact with Johnson now let me let me be clear. I'm saying his intent to stick his leg out not not at all am I saying he purposely stuck his leg out in the intent of his blade going in Johnson's throat? I personally do not believe that he intended to do that. I think he did intend to stick his leg out, but This is a great interview that we have with a guy who runs a channel called Crime Scene to Courtroom based in the UK. Very, very much of a hot topic over there versus what it's getting here in the States. So for us to sit down and have about an hour long video, a little bit less. Where him being a lifelong hockey fan was able to ask me some of the questions of maybe things that fans just don't know, just watching the game versus someone who's been in the game. We had a phenomenal discussion where instead of just watching that 10 to 15 minute video that I posted before where I was kind of high level on it, we really went down into the absolute depths of this situation to where to where how the play started in the neutral zone or the, the, uh, the offensive zone before it moved to the neutral zone, breaking the entire thing down on how I came to the conclusion of my own personal opinion on this video. I cannot emphasize that enough. This is my opinion on the video. I, and this is the only video that we have to see. I've been looking all over for different videos on how we can review this. And this is the only video I see. And when you do zoom in, it is a very, very grainy, not a very high quality video. So this is what the opinion I am forming from this video. And we go through it frame by frame of why I think that this was intentional of him sticking his leg out. Um, like I said, it is about 56 minutes. Um, some great questions being asked to me uh, and I hope you enjoy. If you do have any other comments, anything I'm missing, if there's any other videos or any different angles that have come out that, that I just can't find that you can link me to, I would love to see those. And again, I appreciate the overwhelming support for this. Um, It it truly is amazing. This is something I don't want to drop because I don't want this to go to the back burners. Like it seems like so many things in this, in this world do. I do think this is something that needs to stay very high level are very top of the uh, top of the list of priorities for things that need to be addressed because I don't think that this was right, and I think that this is something that needs to continue to be talked about. So, um, again, thank you for your support. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Again, leave a comment if there's anything that I'm missing, anything that you're seeing that I'm not, uh, and I appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.
1: So today on the channel, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful to be joined by Leddy, a former Division I ice hockey player from the United States, who's going to help me break down this situation concerning the tragic passing of Adam Johnson. So many thanks, Leddy, for joining us on today's episode. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, I,
0: I really appreciate it. And I, uh, I look forward to our discussion here.
1: Just give us a little bit of background about yourself before we get into the technical side and the breakdown as to what happened on the ice. Just give us a little bit of background about your experience in hockey.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, born and raised in the United States. um, I'm a Colorado kid. And in 1996, the Quebec Nordiques uh, NHL team moved to Denver, Colorado. And that year, they happened to win the Stanley Cup. And because of that, everybody, every kid wanted to get into hockey. And that's how I inevitably got into hockey. So I've been playing hockey since 1996. Played it my entire life, lived and breathed it. had the Had the opportunity to go play Division One hockey, um, where I was I was a defenseman my entire career, and I wasn't. Full disclaimer: I wasn't some you know hot shot stud defenseman by any means. I was your you know I was a I was a puck eating. I blocked a lot of shots. I moved the puck well, but that was about it. I had a muffin of a shot of what a lot of uh, hockey fans and hockey players know. <laughs> I did not have a very good shot, but I could I could skate well. I could move the puck well. Eight shots and I defended well. Um, so I was, I was defensive my whole career. It's kind of where I made my living, if you will. Um, so that that's a background about me. and then I decided instead of pursuing some sort of professional career after overseas because you know I could have you know tried out for an ECHL team um, in the in the US, but I just decided at that point at, when I was done at the college level, that I was just going to hang them up and, and move on to the workforce.
1: Now I knew there was a reason that I had you on this podcast because I don't know if you know this, but I support Colorado Avalanche. So <laughs> I knew I knew there was a reason. It's meant there to you be. Go.
0: It's meant I to was be. Right or die,
1: baby. There we go. There we go. Right. So what I'm going to do first of all is I'm just going to give my interpretation. Bearing in mind, I'm a guy who's followed hockey for the over 20 years. I've 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 been I've, I've attended ice hockey games in person, but I don't have any firsthand experience of skating and playing ice hockey. But I'm going to give my opinion, having seen thousands of games of ice hockey over the years. I want to give my opinion quickly, a very brief breakdown of what I believe has happened here. And then I want you to take over and just give us some real technical insights into what you believe has taken place here. Are we looking at a reckless reckless play, a reckless manoeuvre, or simply some kind of freak or tragic accident? So to start with, let's just go back right back to the beginning, because I think it's important to focus here on what takes place before the actual tragedy happens. So in my opinion here, we have a breakout by the Nottingham Panthers. Now what is taking place here in terms of the action is that you have two players who are heading down the ice. Now this defender, or this Nottingham Panthers player, is most likely going to join this breakout. So the problem for the two defenders here, for the Sheffield Steelers, Matt Petgrave and the other individual, is that this could turn on this could turn into an odd man situation where they're trying to defend the best part of three players who are coming down the ice. And it's going to Provide a relatively decent scoring opportunity potentially. So, as we move this forward, what I want us to focus on quickly is that Matt Petgrave at this point is aware of who has the puck. He's looking over at Adam Johnson, who is skating down the side here with the puck in his possession. And Adam Petgrave, sorry, Matt Petgrave at this point in time, is aware of who has the puck. And you can see that as we move this forward, he's tracking him. Matt Petgrave is tracking Adam Johnson as he makes his way across centre ice, into the attacking zone. Now, at this point in time, just before here, just going to remove it, just to take it back a little bit there. I believe at this point in time, he's expecting Adam Johnson to continue his path down the boards, maybe wait for one of these other attackers to take up a central position. But Matt Petgrave is most likely, in my opinion, expecting Adam Johnson to continue his path down the boards. But he doesn't. Adam Johnson as you said in your video, makes a, a great play of cutting back across the ice. Now, at this point in time, Matt Petgrave has two decisions to make. Either he can try and pivot to his right, which will leave him in a poor position, but look at where his stick is. His stick is in his right, right hand. He can either pivot off to his right and try and cover the ice as he's coming across, or he can do what he ended up doing, which in my opinion is bullying his way through on the left-hand side, And sticking out his leg or using his leg to try and impede or affect the play of Adam Johnson. Now, in my opinion, there's no intention here whatsoever for Matt Petgrave to use his stick because his stick always remains in his right hand. Yet his body, his weight, his weight transfer moves to his left. So for me, all he can do in this situation is use his leg, which we see there. So again, Coming in across the neutral zone, this is turning into a potential free on two situation if the defender does, doesn't get back quickly enough. And instead of continuing down the boards, he cuts across. And as you can see there, the leg comes out. Take it, take it from here, Leather. You give me some of your interpretation. I'll, I'll take it back to the start here. Yeah. So, so if you see right here, if you pause it right here. Yeah. Um, when when
0: you're a defenseman in this area. Okay. So what Petgrave is doing, in my opinion, as a defenseman, like I said, when this was starting to break out, at the very beginning of the video, when it's starting to break out, Petgrave is analyzing, right? He's backing up. You're using peripheral vision. You're using everything on the ice. You're getting a good visual of the entire ice. He sees that he has two opposing players coming against him. It's a two-on-two. And he also sees, what I would do anyways, I would see that I already have two back checkers on my team coming to fill into my spot. So the guy that's by the hash by the Centura logo, if that forward is back checking correctly through the middle of the ice, he's going to pick up that trailer and then he can also cover for Petgrave here. And I think Petgrave realizes that also as a defenseman, you always want to close that gap. So if you look there in the middle. By usually the, the center ice, you want to try to get about a stick length away from the guy coming down. You want to limit as much time and space. You want to stay in between the dots. And by the time that you get to your opposing blue line, you basically want to have your stick on stick to where you're, you're pressuring that guy, especially when you have just a two-on-two. Two. It's not an odd man rush at this point. So as a defenseman, you're trying to limit that space. Peckgrave knows that there's no other opposing teammates on or uh, team on his left side. So he's pivoting following the other guy, but also keeping his his eyes on Johnson. So I think your I think your assessment is correct in a sense to where I think Johnson looks like he's going to drive wide, but I think you have to keep in mind Johnson's also doing the same thing Petgrave's doing. He's looking at the ice and seeing what's available. Okay. So if he knows that his his teammate is going to continue the trajectory he's going and cut in. Johnson, if he can cut in right there and Pekrave has that bad angle, he's going to have a grade-A scoring chance. He's going to cut in and he's going to be able to drive that middle of the ice. You can see the back checker has his stick up. He's not really going through to where he, you know, there's a, just a really good chance if this play progresses and there's no contact that Johnson would have eventually got a grade-A scoring chance.
1: That, and I think so that's, break- that's, that's, that's something to work. That's something worth remembering and, and really highlighting here is that at this point, it's turning into a really good scoring opportunity for the Nottingham Panthers, for the, for the British people watching this who maybe don't understand ice hockey. This is turning in, from a defenseman's perspective, this is turning into a bad situation, or it could do, because particularly when Adam Johnson cuts back across the ice.
0: Right. Yeah, and so I think with Petgrave knowing now that he turned his back and he's now pivoting and following the opposing player, I think he he's either assuming one of two things, that, there's nobody behind him, or that his teammate back to where he's going to cover him that if he does get beat. So I think at this point, when Peckgrave turns, I think he's thinking nothing but he's kind of hoping Johnson's going to cut in because he's looking for that big open ice hit. Again, I don't think, and 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 to pull it all back to to my video originally, I'm not calling, and I just want to be crystal clear on that, I am not calling Peckgrave, you know, scum or anything like that based on the end results were I, I truly don't believe he meant, and, and that's just my personal opinion, I don't think he meant to stick his blade up into Johnson. I truly don't. I think when he I think he lifted his leg, he stuck his leg out, and if you were to go onto YouTube and just type in NHL knee on knee, you would see a plethora of videos just in the NHL of guys doing the same thing where they're getting beat or they're coming in to make the big hit and a guy sidesteps in a second and they stick their leg in to make contact and, and you take a guy's knee out. And a lot of the time that ends in a pretty bad injury, if not career ending. This, I believe, uh, Johnson had a great heads up play. He saw that he was going to continue the trajectory. A lot of the times defensemen have two options. When guy, when forwards crisscross, you can either cross as well and follow your guy, man on man, or you just talk to your defense and now you, you switch players. So if Johnson's cutting here, Petgrave, if he wasn't going for the big hit, probably either would have continued to follow Johnson's teammate, or he would have talked to his D and they would have switched right there. If if he's not looking to make the big hit, I think Petgrave right here was just wanting to make that big open ice hit, you know, get that highlight real thing. And I think Johnson saw that and he had a great heads up play. He was cutting in. Pecrae was going to get beat, and instead of trying to reposition or allowing his defenseman, because you can see his defenseman starting to pivot over to follow Johnson, and I think instead of Pecrae continuing to follow the other player, he stuck his leg out because he knew he was going to get beat on this end, and he was trying to get the puck, and he missed it, and it ended up hitting Johnson in the throat and ended up being the tragedy that it was.
1: This is what we really need to be incredibly crystal clear about, because there are a lot of people that say, "No, you know, this is just a hockey play. This is just he just he was just going in for a big hit." But my my issue with that is that this hit included the use of his leg. Now, for again, British people who are watching this, who maybe follow football and soccer, they may they may not understand uh, the ramifications of using your leg in ice hockey. It's you just don't do it. It's it's the equivalent in football of someone. Using their head, or using their elbow, or the UFC kneeing a downed opponent—you know—it's not something that is done. Just explain to us what could happen on a just just a knee-on-knee contact, for instance. Yeah, I mean,
0: you see it all, a lot. You know, um, you know, a player that I love to watch I was on the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Tyler Johnson. You know, same thing happened to him. You know, it, it ended up taking out a few times to where it's like. Knee on knee, you have to keep in mind hockey, just like a lot of these other sports, is such a fast paced game. You know, you're making split second decisions. You're making decisions that could inevitably end up, you know, with somebody getting injured. And that's usually what happens. A lot of guys will stick their knee up because they don't want to get beat and they took a bad angle or they're going for the big hit and the guy who they're hitting had a heads up play and is trying to sidestep around them, things along those lines. You know, a lot of them are accident. A lot of the guys are great guys. They're not dirty hockey players. They they were just trying to make a big hit, and it is a split second reaction. And some of them just make the wrong decision, and it ends up costing guys careers. And in this tragic, horrible situation, end up costing a life. So the reason you don't stick a leg out is for that exact reason: is you could end a guy's career. And when, especially in the NHL and pro level, when this is this is their live their livelihood you just don't do it because you could ruin somebody's complete livelihood to where they will never play the game again. Um, and, and that's why it's such a, it's, it's such a horrible situation as far as sticking your leg out on other guys, because of that reason, you know, this is their life. This is what people dreamed about. This is what kids dreamed about growing up is playing professional hockey. There, you know, there's nothing more exhilarating than being on the ice in front of thousands of people playing the game that you love. You know, like I said, I wasn't a goal scorer, so I didn't really get to experience too much of the the lighting, the, the glory. Lamp, as they say. Right. So, um, <laughs> but still being in that situation playing in those situations there's nothing more exhilarating in my opinion and so these are things that guys dream of and then when you have a guy who sticks his leg out that could end that career something you've been dreaming about since you were a kid playing in the street or you know playing on a pond or wherever you were that's why it's such a such a horrible thing in my opinion
1: and it's highly controversial isn't it it's not just a foul this is a, i mean if if this ended up being a knee on knee contact and i've said this in my previous video if this event happened to be on a knee on knee, I think everybody would have their would be outraged saying, This was a dirty play, you know, uh, eject this guy from the from the game, suspension, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But because it's had such a tragic ending, people are now, for some reason, thinking, okay, well, this was just an accident. But if he if he'd connected with his leg there, would people still be saying, well, yeah, it was a trip? He stuck his leg out and he tripped him over. I mean, I think that's what people would say. Yeah, I mean there's no doubt if if if
0: if it was just a knee on knee and let's say let's say Johnson just went down here busted his knee because of that, there's no doubt in my mind that this would have been a major Petgrave would have been ejected from the game um, and and Nottingham would have went on a 5 minute penalty or a power play rather. So there's there's no doubt about that if if it was just a, and and you know if to take it to the NHL that's usually what happens. If 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 it's a clear knee on knee to where it's a, it's, a, it's not just a tripping call. Yeah, you know, if it's one of those like kind of wishy-washy ones that you can't really tell because it happens so fast. Sometimes it'll just be a tripping call. But in a situation like this, if he just stuck his leg out and connected knee-on-knee, there's no doubt in my mind, Peck Ray would have been ejected from the game. Potentially suspended. I'm not sure how that league works, but more than likely would have been suspended. Um, but for sure would have been
1: ejected from this game. So in your opinion, to, to try and really give it you know, as, as, as basic as possible, do you believe that he was trying to contact, make contact, Matt Grave, was he trying to make contact with his leg against Adam Johnson? See, that one's the
0: tough one. I Because, and, and this is the unfortunate thing about this video, is that when you do zoom in at this, and again, it's such a fast-paced game, when you zoom in at this video, it does come up so grainy to where you can't fully see. I... <laughs> I would think that he's trying to take Johnson off the puck, whether that means he's making contact with Johnson, that big open ice hit, or he's just trying to kick the puck away from him there. That we'll never know. That will only be known by Peckgrave of what he was trying to intend to do there. If it was me, I would have positioned it to where my stick would have been on the other end. I would not have opened up ice. I would still be backwards, still you know coming through. I would be stick on puck there. But You know, if he's going for the big open ice hit, if he thinks Johnson's heads down or he knows that he has back checkers and can and can do this, my guess is his initial thoughts right here when you can see him get wide in his stance before the leg comes out. I think he's watching Johnson to wait for Johnson to come across and he was just planning on doing a big open ice hit. He wanted to probably do he probably wanted to just do a shoulder and chest thing. But again, it's Johnson coming across. And I think Petgrave just made that last second decision because of that. He knew that he had the bad angle. He wasn't going to get that big open ice hit. And at that point, he knew he just wanted to take Johnson off the puck. And it just happened to end in a tragedy because of that leg sticking out. Now, whether, like I said, whether the leg was sticking out to try to, you know, hit the puck or to make contact with Johnson, we'll never know. That will only be known by Petgrave uh, of what in his brain was going through of what his intentions were at that time.
1: Now, let's just say, for instance, for people that do follow hockey, let's just say that this happened in the NHL. And this was a Corey Perry. This was a Ryan Reeves or a Brad Marshall that committed this this act. Would people still be saying, oh, this is just a freak accident? Or would they be saying, this person has a history. This person has been suspended in the past. This person has prior. This person done this intentionally.
0: Yeah, I. that's a good question. Um, when you When you're looking at a guy who has a history versus... Somebody who doesn't obviously there's going to be a compl- a bunch of different speculations on what's going on. You know, you 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 said a great name there, two great names, and Corey Perry and um, Brad Marchand. You know, Brad Marchand, I'd probably say yeah, maybe is a little more controversial than Corey Perry. I don't know, but if you remember, if you watched uh, any of the outdoor classics, Corey Perry got ejected from a game almost immediately on an outdoor classic when he was with the Dallas stars and he made knee on knee on a contact and he was ejected and I think there was no controversy there because everyone knows about Corey Perry's background now in my opinion just for my thing of the sport I would look at every play the way that it is I wouldn't just assume because I saw a guy's name that it had to have been dirty but to your point I think most people who would see that would probably assume it was especially if they have that track record um I personally would just have to look at the play and just take it play by play. I wouldn't just assume that it it, it was a dirty play because it's a dirty player. Because a lot of these players, you know, again, I played, I played at all different levels. I played junior hockey. You get to a point where you're growing up and you're playing amateur hockey and everyone just wants the same amount of ice time. You're developing, you're doing skills. But once you get to a business level where you're in junior hockey and you go to college and then, you know, some sort of professional after, you're trying to make a team. And not everybody, you're not going to have a team full of top end goal scores. You're going to have a first, second line of guys who are putting the puck in that, your skill guys. You're going to have a third, fourth line energy, big hit guys, enforcer guys. Um, you have guys of all different calibers that excel in different things. Like for like for instance, like what I said, I was a defenseman that did not have a great shot, um, but I, I was a good defenseman. I, I didn't get beat a lot. I blocked shots. I I. Led our team in block shots uh, my junior year of college, and I moved the puck well, and that is how I made that team. It wasn't because I was a, a big goal scorer or anything along those lines. And I think what we have to keep in mind with Petkreb is that although he leads, you know, leagues, and, and, and full disclaimer, I don't know what his penalty situation looks like in a sense of why he got the minutes that he got the year before. I thought I think I saw if I remember correctly it was like 150 penalty minutes, which by no means is like some record. There's been people who have far exceeded that. But that doesn't mean that the guys who are high penalty or high enforcers um, that you would see in the name of repeat, that doesn't mean that they're bad people. That doesn't mean that they're sitting there trying to say like, hey, I cannot wait to get on the ice because my goal out there today is to kill somebody or hurt somebody or take a career out. Those guys are out there trying to do their jobs and that is either send a message or finish hits. Um, you know, if they're an enforcer and a fighter, which has kind of slowly moved its way out of the NHL, you know, that, that is how they make their team. That is how they stay relevant, how they stay making, getting paid because they, they know their role. They know what they're supposed to do. They're going to go out there. They're either going to be a, you know, heavy hitting or they're going to put the puck in the net, whatever it might be. And I don't know if that's what Peckers' role is. I don't know if he's a first line defenseman, second line, third line, fourth line. I don't know his role. Um, So, based on what i've seen as far as his stats and in some of the older videos i've seen he's a great he's a great skater you know he he plays well he's i think he's a toronto kid i mean there's no doubt in my mind that he's played hockey but you know we play canadian teams growing up all the time and every time we played a canadian team we were getting hit like that is the way they play hockey they are they're hard hitting they play hockey like old school hockey like they're out there playing hockey to play hockey like they're hitting they're doing everything so in this particular video, like I said, I think Peckgrave was going for a big open ice hit, and Johnson had a heads-up play, got a good angle on him, and Petgrave just made the split-second mistake decision. Um, and like I said, a scumbag decision where he stuck his leg out, and it just ended up being a tragic situation.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that we both agree on, is that this person didn't turn up there to think, I'm going to seriously injure, I'm going to take someone. Of course he didn't. But there has to be a count. As far as I'm concerned, the way I look at this, now I've been thinking about this in, in terms of different aspects of life, and that, you know how this relates to other certain situations in life. And the way I kind of think about this is that if he did intentionally stick his leg out, then this is almost the same as someone who's running late for work one day. They're driving to work, they're speeding in their car. They go around the corner and they run someone over and kill them. Now they're not intending to cause anyone any harm. They're late for work. They're, they're yeah. driving. They're driving too fast. You know. But there has to be accountability here, as far as I'm concerned. If his intent, or if it can be proven in some way, that his intent was to stick his leg out, then we have issues, as far as I'm concerned, because you don't slide tackle people. You don't trip them up with your legs in ice hockey. You don't do two footed challenges and you don't raise your skates to another individual. Anytime that's. Now, some people, like I say, some people have said this is just an accident, but. Let's just take the NHL for example. Thirteen hundred games a year are played in the NHL, just just the regular season games. That's in one league. I've never seen a, I've never seen a situation like this. I've never seen an accident that is ended with someone losing their life or a skate coming up this high. Yeah. Yes, I've seen accidental hits where people have been um, uh, sort of in the boards and their back leg has kicked up, but they haven't been watching the person that they they've hurt. It's been completely unintentional. And my concern with this is that Matt Petgrave is tracking him with his eyes, the entire length of the ice. So he's very aware as he's skating backwards here, who's got the puck, what's taking place. And my concern is, like you say, he's lost his angle, he's lost position. And in a last-ditch attempt to try and affect the play, he stuck his leg out. Now, right. you could say, yes, of course, that's an accident. But where does accountability come into all of this? Particularly where using your leg legs in hockey is so frowned upon, right? And 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 one thing
0: I like to point out too is, and this is this is where I think it's controversial. Obviously, is because it's it's the point where peck Petgrave cuts across. That is where the controversial, because it's when that defenseman cuts in right here. See, I have no problem in a sense of 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 what you just mentioned as far as him tracking, because as a defenseman, you want to track the guy who has of the course, puck. You want to absolutely. see what he's doing. Things along absolutely. those lines the part is right there, right there. I'm watching. When I watch it once, I'm watching Petgrave's feet and I'm watching the trajectory and the angles of what he's taking. Keep in mind, hockey players are bouncing on an eighth of an inch of steel while they're doing this and moving, moving at, you know, at very high speeds. Okay. So you're, you're cutting in like this. I truly feel and again, it's, it's not the best quality video when you scroll in. If, if I've said it before, I'll say it again. If another video comes out with a different angle or a higher quality that shows that Peckgrave made complete contact with Johnson's teammate here, which caused his skates to completely go out, I will take it all back. But that's just not what I see here. I'm watching Peck left leg here, okay? If that left leg was to have clipped Johnson's teammate back heel, that leg and that skate should have dibbyed should have went back into the ice or back into his right leg to where uh, Peckrave would have fallen forward into Johnson rather than still continuing his trajectory to where his leg goes out. Secondly, his right foot is continuing, again, in my opinion, right? When that leg goes out, his right foot, it does not look to me like that changes its course of how it's heading at all. I would think that if that right foot, especially the toe, clipped his heel... That right leg should have went to his right to where it would have flipped Johnson that way, uh, Peckrave that way, rather. And, and if that is what happens to where he does make contact and that's what causes him to completely flip in his leg to go out, then, then that explains as far as why his skate went so high. But that does not change the fact of what I said before, of he intentionally stuck his leg out. And that, that is what this all comes down to, is he stuck his leg out, which again, accidentally caused him to stick it or to go higher to where it hits him in the throat. Now again, I'm watching Johnson's teammate here. It doesn't really look like his balance or anything is affected by any means when that comes across. Now again, I don't know if it is because of the quality of video. If you if if it's played at this angle where it's further out, maybe you get a better, you know, you get a better sense of what that looks like. But to me, when you really slow that down and you really break it down in a, in a slow pace, it does not look like Petgrave's feet make contact with that guy coming across. If his upper body did, which caused him to kind of you know move or something, possibly. But again, the part that I have the problem with is his left leg does go out, and it, it looks intentional to me. Um, and then what happens after that, I I honestly cannot be clear on because I just cannot make 100% contact or 100% certainty that he did, did or did not make contact with Johnson's teammate here. To me, at this angle, it looks like both of his skates avoid Johnson's teammate and that he's coming across and, again, sticks his leg out. Possibly when he did that, he lost an edge, which caused it to to come up higher in that. I know there's a lot of people that think he lifted it that high on purpose just to make straight contact with Johnson's chest. I personally don't believe that. And again, that's just my personal opinion. He very well could have. We will never know. That's again, one thing that's going to be only in Peck Graves head. He's the only one that will be able to say whether or not that was intentional. Um, getting back to what you said before in the NHL of, of this, I mean, yeah i've never seen anything like this i've seen like you said i've seen people get tripped or they, you know they're coming to the boards or or they're go, they're driving the net and and someone gets tripped up legs go up things like that 100% that stuff does happen and that's still pretty rare like there's probably only a handful of situations you can look at where someone actually got their throat cut and when they did it's it's you know it's not i it's not death i've never seen anyone in the nhl die from it because it's not that deep. And I know that you just did a video on the corner report. And I mean, for it to be that deep and to cut that many things, I mean, that's, I mean, granted it is a very high speed, but I'd, I've never seen that before. And it, it's just one of those things where I don't think there needs to be any change in the game. I don't think there's needs to be any sort of drastic rule change or anything like that. This is such a rare thing. Hockey's been around for so long. You, you've, I've just never seen anything like this before. Um, so, yeah, I, I went on a little bit of a rant there. but
1: No, that's fine. What what I what I would suggest, I mean, I don't know if this is possible, but at some point it would be great if you could create a video based on the physics of what you would expect to happen if his left leg contacts, you know, maybe come up with some sort of diagrams of where you expect the body to go if this happened or this happened. Because I think that would be really interesting for people who aren't hockey players to say, because oh, I'm going to explain, I'm going to talk back a, as if, um, or try and understand what, you, what you've what you just said there. So if his left leg Make contact, you would expect him to spin round. Is that what you're saying to his right? Yeah, I would expect his left leg right
0: there. As it's yeah. coming across, if it hit Johnson's teammate's heel, I yeah. would
1: expect that
0: leg to be kicked into his to, to Peckrave's own right knee. Yeah. Into that leg, which inevitably would have caused Peckrave to fall over head first into Johnson, and both feet would have been facing Peckrave's goalie.
1: To yes. where
0: he wouldn't have been able to even get his left foot out. Like the physics of that, if he was to make, if, and I'm by, I'm by no means a physicist, but I would think as being a hockey player, if I was to make contact coming left, if I was to make contact with my left foot, and it was to co- I would expect my leg would come back to my right foot if I made contact with my left foot there. And if it, especially going at that speed, I, I wouldn't, There's, I don't see any way to where he would still be able to get his left leg out if that left leg indeed clipped Johnson's
1: teammate. Yeah, that's, that's the point we need to make there. So if there was a great deal of contact between his left leg or between his left skate and, and the defender's back skate there, how is he still able to lift his leg up that high? It should, if, if there is a contact which has affected his movement, it should affect it in terms of moving his left leg back towards his right. And again, we're talking about the person who is sticking their leg out here. His left leg, if it makes contact with that other, other def- defender's or attacker's, I should say, back skate, his left leg should come back towards his right. It should, it should affect its, uh, its uh, direction of travel, basically. But it doesn't. It continues doesn't. on that path and lifts. lifts. It doesn't spin him to the right. It doesn't make his left foot come closer to his right. His left leg is free enough to be able to lift up uh, to, to such a, you know, a height. And yep. Now, what, what, what about the right foot? Just to explain the right foot again. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just yeah. going to talk you through what I would imagine to happen. So, I'm just going to watch it again here. So, if his, left tele- if his left leg or left skate would have been impacted, it would have most likely have put his left skate back towards his right side. So, uh, at the worst case scenario, completely pivoting, pivoting him to his right. But if his, le- if his right skate had have impacted, let me just see what I would have imagined would have happened. I would have imagined he would have just tripped over. And, and his head would have gone on the ice, or, or he would have gone face down. If, if his right skate impacts here, then surely his left, his left leg is going to be on the floor, isn't it? If his right skate hits right here,
0: you know, again, not being a physicist by any means, but I would imagine if his right skate hit, he would watch his skate, you would watch his foot. So watch his right foot. I would expect, as soon as he made contact there, I would expect his right foot, which is now facing the boards, I would expect his right foot to now change to where it's now facing his defensive corner to where it would have turned his body completely to where he would have completely done a rotation and a flip almost. But if you watch his shoulders after it, it, it's whether or not he makes contact, his shoulders and everything continue the same trajectory as he's heading right now. Okay, so mm-hmm. if, if he makes contact right here, his shoulders should at least shift and his body should at least shift to where it's now facing a little bit more of his defensive corner. His shoulders, his hips and everything are still facing the same way from when he comes right here. His, his, his hips are aimed right towards that board, that whatever that ad is right there, that that blue ad or whatever it is. The trajectory of his body, his hips, his shoulders are still facing that board and nothing seems to change at all of that.
1: So what we're saying here in layman's terms, is that however you look at this, his body should go to his right. If there's severe contact or contact which is affecting his movement, it should affect it by closing, it, closing him off to Adam Johnson, right. not opening him up to a kick.
0: It should, it should pivot his either hips or his shoulder, everything to the right, to his right, to where he would be able to continue to go more left like he is mm. if he made that contact. That's why I think maybe possibly what happened is when he did lift his leg out going at a speed of which he's going, maybe he lost an edge there, which caused his leg to go so high. Um, like I said, I saw some comments from people who said that he 100% made contact, freak accident, shame on you, things along those lines. But it's like, listen, the whole point of our podcast, what we do is, 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 is we like to look at sports. Like I said, we played hockey. I played hockey my whole life shower the other guy I'd do with. He was a baseball player. Like This is what we did. When I saw this at the very first, when I woke up and saw this video, I thought the same thing as, as everybody else probably did when they first saw it. It's like, hey, this is a high-speed thing. It was a freak accident. He made contact. And then it wasn't until that slow motion video came out where I'm just like, whoa, 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 wait a second. This doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. Because if you were to make contact right here, I would fully expect Petgrave to be on the ice right here because of the way he hits. If he hits the back end of the guy's skate, that's where his Johnson's teammate right here, he has all of his, his, his legs go here. He's at a wide stance. Okay. So he has a good center of gravity right now. Okay. So if you're hitting the back heel of the guy with the center of gravity, that guy's not going to shift too much. But if you're hitting it with the toe, as you're coming over and all of your energy's up, you don't have a wide stance or anything. There's no way he's standing up there. And if he is, you're at least going to see the trajectory of his skates and, and his path change a little bit. My personal opinion, again, just my opinion, I think, I don't think he made contact. I think he was able to avoid Johnson's teammate. And then I think his, he, he might have lost an edge or something that caused his skate to go that high. I don't think he was intentionally putting it that high. I do think he was trying to, um, he was either trying to kick the puck or his stick, or he was just trying to make contact and missed, but, you know, obviously ended in a tragedy. Um, I just, I, I personally can, do not see, where people are saying that he made full contact with Johnson's teammate. And that's what causes skates to come up because again, and I would love to talk to someone who is a physicist or someone who doesn't understand physics well to see if I'm completely off the mark here, but just being in my, with my background in skating and being with hockey for so long, I've made collisions with, with guy skates before you're battling for a puck in the corner, you're heading for a puck in the corner. And as soon as you hit, especially if it's boot on boot, steel on steel, there's some sort of like, you know there's some sort of stumble if not a fall or at least a, a change of course to where you have to recorrect and it doesn't to me look like his skates his path of that steel changes whatsoever um i think and again,
1: that's, that's 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 the important point is that you have first-hand experience of being on the ice being in situations where it's there's there's contact with bodies there's checks going in there's there's like you say clashes with skates and I think that's why i i I'm genuinely interested in what you would imagine would happen, putting yourself in that in that similar circumstance, how would you expect your body to react to that collision or, or non collision or what happens next you know so I do find that incredibly interesting right and 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 again, like I said, if another
0: video surfaces that has a better angle or it's a higher quality to where it shows that that he hundred percent made contact, whether his maybe his you know his hip or his leg made contact with Johnson's teammate here, which caused it I you know I'll retract it all and say, well, aloud, yeah, it was a freak accident, but with this video, the video that we only have to break down that everybody's seeing, this is exactly how it looks to me of how it plays out um and 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 again, if he made contact, I would fully expect his skate and his body to change if not fall, but at least to stumble a bit to where it doesn't continue the path of where he's heading. You know, I know this isn't the end video because I personally don't want to see that again, as far as, you know, immediately what happens once Johnson gets up from that ice. But if I recall from that video, I did see when Peckrave continues to go as he falls, he's still heading that same trajectory. So again, it would be nice to talk to somebody who understands physics or something who would be able to really break that down to say, hey, how would your body react if you made contact at this speed? Um, would you continue the same? Could you continue this same trajectory without it? But as a, as a hockey player myself, you're balancing on eighth inch, eighth of an inch of steel, you're making contact. You're going off the rails a little bit. Like you're not continuing your same motion. I'm not saying you're going to fall, but you're going to see some sort of stumble. You're going to see some sort of chin shift, something along those lines. I just, in this video, I just personally do not see that happening. Um, so that, uh, that's my entire breakdown of that
1: interesting interesting yeah and i think obviously like i say we've covered um you know matt Petgraves, some of his past as far as i'm aware this guy i don't know whether it's this season or a previous season had the highest number of penalty penalty minutes um in the entire league he served suspensions for spearing for slew footing in the past and mm. now and then and obviously another clip has surfaced surface recently um yeah. of him using his legs now this is Again, some people who don't believe that this is there's any intent here are just going to say, "Oh, you, you know, you can't bring this into this this equation." And I, I do understand, but I understand what people are saying when they say that. But at the same time, if this person has a history of not just you know your your average two minute penalty or your average five minute penalty, but spearing, I mean, when when in the bloody world have you ever heard of spearing people using their stick to jack? You know, that's just not a, that's just not a, a done thing. I can't even remember the last time I've seen a spearing penalty. Um, or, or slew footing is quite common, you know, using a foot and trying to trip people and this, that, and the other. But if this person has a, you know, if he's done this before, I do feel that that has to be taken into consideration somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you in a sense. I mean, if, if it, it goes back to anything, you know, even not it, hockey related, like if you it, see it, somebody who gets in a car accident and they have a history of driving drunk, you might assume that they're probably driving drunk. Um, but that doesn't mean that they were. So th- like I said, there could be a situation here where he wasn't trying to, but to your point, I agree. I like if, if he has a history of doing some of the most, you know, unri- I mean, it is rules, but they're kind of unwritten between guys like, Hey, if you're, if you're a heavy hitting play old time hockey, as they would say, like, that's what you're out there for. You're out there to, you know, bang bodies, fight, things like that. Like y- you're going to get involved in some things every now and then where you're making split second decisions that come off a little dirty, but spearing, You know, there's butt ending. I don't know if you know what that is. It's where a guy goes on the boards and he, you know, he goes into hit. And when he does, he slides the stick through his hand and he puts that butt end into a guy's ribs or something like that. Um, Like you said, slew footing, that's another big one that is very frowned upon because that's another one that you've seen some pretty horrible injuries on. Um, So having all those things. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was like at 129 minutes. And then I think a couple years before that, he was like 145 minute penalty minutes. Um, Again, there's been much higher. Like, uh, there's been much higher penalty minutes in a season, but you you have to take into account. And then to your point, seeing the video that surfaced from a player that I think was like 10 years ago, same situation to where if you were to break that video down, you know, obviously it didn't end nearly as tragic.
1: I mean, that's so bloody intentional. I mean, the other video from 13 years ago, I mean, that's so intentional. It's laughable. And what, what concerns me is that if this player has used his legs in the past, then what's to say he hasn't done that here? That's right. Yeah. And, and again, it, it,
0: it, what we're seeing in this video, in this particular video, it does look intentional that he stuck his leg out. And I truly believe that he meant to stick his leg out. Just like that video you referred to a decade ago or 13 years ago, he, he got beat on that one because he took a, another bad angle. He wasn't backwards. He was, he, it looked like he was back checking. And then the guy had a heads up play, cut back, and Petgrave stick out of position, stuck his leg behind him and tripped the guy. Um, anyone that you know wants to see that video...
1: I'm gonna find I'm, it quickly. Perfect. So carry yeah, on we, talking in a second. Yeah, we I'm, can I'm show it. Everything. I mean,
0: again, <laughs> again, another grainy video, but this one you can clearly see that his intent was to stick his leg back behind him, um, and I have it pulled up too. If you want me to show it.
1: Oh, if you've got it there, yeah, bring yep. it up.
0: So, in this video, this is the one from, uh, I think you said, 13 years ago.
1: Yeah, well, it's uploaded 13 years ago, so I mean, okay. it looks like it was by recording in, the, in so, the dark ages. Again, yeah,
0: again, unfortunately, uh, a bad quality video. Here's Petgrave's teammate right here in the dark blue uniform. There's a guy driving wide who has clearly just beat this defenseman. So he's got an odd man rush. Petgrave, I don't know if he was out of position. I don't know how this play unfolded because this video just starts at this angle. Backchecking. And then if we go at full speed, he's driving wide. Sarnak,
1: and it looks like he gets clipped, right? Right. Stop it there for two seconds, Letty. Stop okay. it there for two seconds. I've, I watched a video yesterday when someone said, oh, you know, yeah, this video surfaced. Oh, it's just a hockey. That's not a hockey hit. Explain to people how dangerous what he's just done is there. What, what that can do. Well, it, exactly
0: what you just saw, unfortunately, with, with, um, with Johnson. I mean, if, if you're sticking your leg back behind you, again, you have an, an eighth-inch piece of steel. Okay, and those things are sharpened. I mean, every guy's a little bit different. I liked mine sharpened before every single game, and I mean you have to have an edge on it to where you have to dig into that ice, and my edge I would change depending on the type of ice I'm playing on. So if I'm playing on softer ice, I'd have a different blade cut, and if I had harder ice, it'd be on a different edge. But the point is 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 those things are sharpened before every single game. So you basically have i mean I hate to say it, but you basically have like knives on your feet in a sense. I mean, they're not actual knives, obviously, but to, to, to stick your leg out and to use your leg at all in hockey, it's just, it's just not, you just don't do it. It'd be the what same as like what you said with, with football in a sense, um, and soccer, what that is, you know, headbutting or using something like that when you headbutt a guy, like, it's just something that you just don't
1: do. What would you say to someone who said, this is just hockey, this is a hit, this is a normal hit, these things happen? What would you say to someone who has that opinion? I would
0: say it's just hockey in the sense of you're playing the game, you're trying to, you know, it's a physical game. I get that, but it is not just hockey to where you're doing an action, especially if you got beat. It's not just hockey to possibly do an action that's going to end a guy's career, injure a guy. Like, that's not hockey. No one's out there to try to hurt or, or take someone's career out. And when you, stick, when you stick your leg out, especially if you're leading with your blade or something like that, like, you run serious risk of doing that. And it, it, is, it is that unwritten rule. I mean, like I said, it's a rule, but it's unwritten to where you don't do it because you could end a guy's career forever. And um, that, that's exactly what I'd say back to him.
1: So I saw uh, another another controversial character, Sean Avery. I believe he's called. He used to play for the for the New York Rangers. He did a, a mm-hmm. TV interview, and he said, "You know, this was this was intentional contact," which I agree with. Um, but then he dis- he did discuss the skate blades, and he said that in the last twenty years they've moved from the steel blade to an even sharper titanium blade. And he said over the last twenty years, he said the skate technology's come on so much, and blah blah blah. And these things are so mm-hmm. sharp, as we know. I don't know if you could just get that video back and because it it does zoom in. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it does show the hit um, zoomed in. Um, so I don't know if we can get that up. And then um, it will just give people, you know, a real idea of how, yeah, reckless that this play was. Okay. There we go. Yeah, if, yeah. if you continue it forward here, it'll do, it. it'll do a replay. It'll do a replay. So there it's going go. to show right here. Slow down. So if you watch him right here.
0: Okay, so he, he is leading. This would be the hockey play of he's leading with his shoulder. Okay. Cause he's trying to make that big open ice contact. What, what probably should have been done first as a defenseman, your first action should have been stick on puck. Your first action should have been, you are watching the body, but you're using peripheral vision. You're poking your, your stick through and you're trying to make contact. Cause the most important thing is getting the puck away from the, from the offender so that he doesn't, you know, inevitably put it in the net. I think what happened here is the same thing is, Whoever's in white here, and I think it's I think it's 21. Obviously, with the grainy of the video, it's really tough to tell. I think he sees Petgrave and he's making a play where he is going to try to cut back across to where now he's going to have this wide angle. And I think Petgrave, who again he's leaning with his shoulder to make that big hit, he gets beat, doesn't make that big hit, and he swings his back leg across here to clip the guy. See a Just like that. So if you look again, you know. He's, he's, he is lunging forward to make that to make that hit.
1: I mean, to me, it does have, um, obviously, it's, it's, it's nowhere near identical, but to me, it does have some certain shades of what has taken place, of leaving your, tr- like, trading your leg in a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it,
0: it, this one's a little more difficult to break down because of the quality of it. If he's just lunging forward, if he's just straight lunging at the guy and missing, I can't tell what, again, I don't know how that looks as far as the trajectory of what your legs look like if you're just lunging at it and if, you know, if his leg intentionally came back or not. But for me, again, this looks like he got beat and he stuck his leg back behind him to trip. Um, and then the guy inevitably just falls. Now, again, this one is a little more difficult than the Johnson one because of the quality of the video. But to me, right here, and I'll play it right here in a second, full speed, is he goes in, he's lunging in for that big hit and i think he misses and then inevitably tries to swing that back leg to try to you know i don't know if he's trying to again hit the guy or if he's trying to take the stick out again that we'll never know because that'll only be in the head of mech uh Peckgrave here but to me that's what that looks like as well
1: i mean there's no re- there's no reason for his leg to be up like that i mean there's just no reason for it to be like that surely
0: <laughs> yeah that one's tough um i agree I don't know if he was just coming in and that's just the way his legs after he lunged and missed. Uh, But yeah, I obviously not nearly as in my opinion, not nearly as clear of intent there is, as it seems like in the Johnson video, but you know, with this and then you're saying with spearing videos and slew footing, things along those lines, like when you have a track record like that, it is kind of hard to deny that there was some sort of intent to, to use your leg or, or or, or at least go for some sort of injury, whether it, it. whether it was just making a really big hit or just taking Johnson off the puck, however that played out, um, it seemed like the intent was there. And, and, and I agree with you on that.
1: I mean, I think that's what, for me personally, I mean, this is, you know, what happened, um, I wouldn't say it's, it's not irrelevant, but it, for me, what is, what is important is the intent. If the intent is there to use your leg, if your intent is there to stick your leg out, then you have to be prepared for the consequences of what that then leads on to whether that's cutting right. someone, tripping someone, knee-on-knee contact, or sadly, ending someone's life. If you're right. in control of sticking your leg out, and you do that as an intentional act, then there has to be some sort of repercussions for that, in my opinion. Right.
0: No, and I agree with you. And I think, I think that is what's gonna be hard to, again, prove in this. It, unless, unless whoever has the investigation is able to get different sort of footage, or they have you know, higher technology where they can really clear it up to see if there's any contact, um, that's, what's going to come down to, I mean, you're, you're an avalanche fan, like you said, so I'm sure you remember the Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore incident, right? Yeah, that obviously that obviously was hundred percent intentional in a sense of, you know, Bertuzzi going after Moore. that was a retaliation thing. Obviously more uh, a few games before that had took in, had taken out one of Vancouver's plays. I believe it was Marcus Naslin. Um, same thing. I think Moore and Nazan, I think they make knee to knee and, and Nazan was out and Bertuzzi was trying to fight more, more, didn't want to fight him. Bertuzzi jumped him. And I think at the end of the day, there was a lawsuit. And I think he, I think Bertuzzi, I think British Columbia pressed charges on him. And I think the state of Colorado pressed charges on him. Um, you know, he faced up to one and a half years in prison for it. Bertuzzi did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he actually went to prison. I think he had to do community service and he was on probation and things along those lines. But Again, I don't think when Bertuzzi jumped more and he did what he did, I think he was trying to hurt more, obviously. I think he was trying to fight him and let him know that what he did to, to his teammate was not okay. Just like it happens all the time. I mean, that's why you have a fighter and enforcer on the team. Like not that Bertuzzi was a fighter and enforcer, but I mean, he was a big guy. He could hold his own. Um, and And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's still consequences. Whether Bertuzzi meant to hurt Moore and take him out, and he did end Moore's career. Moore never played hockey again. He, he was affected by that and still is affected by the rest of his life. It's just one of those things where, again, we'll never know if it was actually intentional by, by Petgrave to stick his leg into Moore. But I do think 100% he stuck his leg out, and I don't know if he was trying to hurt him or do it, but I do think there needs to be some sort of investigation, some sort of consequences. At the very least, I think he needs to be, you know, he needs to be kicked out of the league because, there's, in my opinion, there's no room for somebody who's out there who is willing to end a guy's career by sticking his leg out. And, and unfortunately, in this situation, um, to the absolute tragedy of losing a life.
1: I mean, if I mean, I think this is one of my concerns is that if these some of these individuals who show this, you know, this 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 terrible record of, you know, um, poor behaviour or terrible fouls, not to the point where you get a two minute penalty or a major penalty, but actually where you're facing suspensions. One, you know, one could argue really that these people are ticking time bombs. And this is at some point in time, a tragedy like this is inevitable. Yeah. I mean,
0: there definitely are guys I play with that have extremely short fuses. And if there's something that they're not going right in them, or, you know, if the game's out of control to where they're getting beat, they're going to try to do something that, you know, is going to spark some life into their team. And, you know, if, if they have a guy on the opposing team that's willing to fight them or things like that, that's usually how it goes. But if no one's willing to fight them, you know, sometimes there are some things that happen that, you know, that, that would be considered cheap and dirty. And you you do see it. You don't see it as much in the game as you would have saw, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But it, it, it's something that happens in the game of hockey. That that's hockey. We all know that when we sign up for it, no one complains about it. That's actually playing. It's just one of those things that if you get to a point where you are that short fuse guy and you are out there trying to do energy, which in this case, I don't think is the case for Pecre, because if I'm not mistaken, his team was up two to one at this point in the game. And, you know, I think he was just trying to make a big open ice hit and he was just trying to, you know, just do what hockey does. And I just think at that point he just made a, a very horrible decision and he stuck his leg out and it ended in the result that it did.
1: How many other players, though, would you say? Let's just take your average player, your average NHL, your average British Elite League player. How many players would you say are going to be using their legs in any capacity?
0: I would <laughs> to, to, I would to, hope to
1: impede someone.
0: I would hope none, but you do see it, and I would. I, but I would still put that a you know a handful. If you were to take the entire league, I would say maybe a couple.
1: And that's and I think that's the point I want to make. This isn't a common occurrence. You don't get these knee on knees every game. You don't get people sticking their legs up to, try, to to try and affect or trip people up in every single game of hockey that you watch. Yes, you get physical checks. You get some you know checks against the board where you know there's this or sort of this you know the concussion you know situation or. or terrible hard hits when people are coming from one talk about you know the, the icing rule that they, they they took they got away they took that away in the british elite league where um the i think they they stopped it in nhl as well didn't they it used to be the <laughs> uh the defending player used to get to the puck or whatever it was and then they you know yeah yeah it was the the rule if it was
0: icing if your teammate or your team could get to that puck before the opposing That's defenseman. Right. It was yeah. weighed off, but they got rid of it because it ended up causing a lot of um,
1: heavy behind heavy hits heavy behind. Hits. That's so what if saying. it's yeah. if
0: it's close, if it's a close race, usually they'll blow it. Or if the opposing defenseman obviously gets to it first, you know they'll blow it icing. Um, but I believe that if if it, it still is if it's still a no brainer, absolutely close to where your own teammate gets it in um, certain leagues, I know it's changed in some leagues like you just said, if your own team can get there first and it's not even a close race, it won't be an ice, they'll wave it off. But um, if it's a close race or anything like that where there is going to be contact, typically they will wave icing and it goes to the team that that um, is, is trying to get to that puck.
1: What I will say is that I have heard that in that arena they do have full HD cameras and the people that operate, you know, the the actual team, I think, it's, I think it was Sheffield who were at home, That arena does have higher quality footage, so I'm guessing that they will be able to review that and, you know, take obviously take the necessary steps. I guess my concern being here in England is that are the right people going to be reviewing that footage? You know, who is going to be reviewing that footage? Is it going to be police officers? Is it going to to be people with uh, you know ten, twenty years of ice hockey experience? Is it going to be coaches, or is it going to be just your average police officer? That does concern me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a very that's a very uh, good question. I, I've never seen anything like this of who reviews it. I don't, know, I don't know how they review it or who they bring in. I would hope through a, a, if you're doing it, your due diligence and you're going through a, a proper investigation that you would bring in experts, just like I would assume you would do with any sort of criminal case for anything, is the people you want reviewing, you know, the forensic evidence or things like that, you want the experts, people who have experience, who can, who can paint the picture of what's happening. And I would hope that that's the same thing they do in this investigation, that, that maybe just it starts with local law enforcement and then they look at it and say, okay, yeah, maybe there is something a little bit more here than just a freak accident. And then maybe at that point, they do engage someone in a, a different league or someone with more experience, someone who can break this down a little bit more. I have no idea. I don't know if they release that information or if they, if they do you know, open that up investigation of where they're at and who's reviewing it. I have no clue um but that that, that's a very valid question and a very good point
1: as far as i'm concerned i think the there's a there's a obviously an inquest that was opened and adjourned yesterday that's now going to be uh put back to january i believe but it's going to be more of an update in terms of the inquest in january then it's not it's not going to be the full hearing um obviously this police investigation is going to take some time as far as i'm aware according to newspaper reports um, but it's certainly a story I feel that we should both keep in contact with. Hopefully, I can have you on again when we get further developments. Um, I, I may even attend this inquest in person in January, potentially. Okay. So, um, But yeah, I genuinely appreciate your input in this episode. And hopefully, we can do this again
0: in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. And I, uh, I look forward to it. And um, yeah, whenever you want to touch base again on this or anything else that unfolds, um, I'm happy to do it. Excellent. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one.